Hey guys, welcome to the Next Level Agents Podcast. I am your host, Kevin Kaufman, and along with my business partner and co-host, Fred Weaver, we bring to you our podcast all about getting to the next level. Sometimes we talk to real estate agents, sometimes brokers, sometimes people just in and around our space, and sometimes just entrepreneurs in general. But our point here is to talk to the brightest and the best and to pull gold nuggets out of them and bring them to you so that way you can take little actionable pieces of advice, sometimes big actionable pieces of advice and make your business even better and help you get to the next level. Do me a favor, if you haven't already, go over to ratethispodcast.com, ratethispodcast.com forward slash NLA, stands for Next Level Agents, and please leave us a five-star review if you have not already. All right, without further ado, welcome to today's episode. Hey guys, welcome back to the Next Level Agents podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Kaufman. And today's episode is special, or at least, I don't know if special is the right word. It's a deviation from the norm, if you will. Past guest of ours who we've had on here, I think maybe twice, Brian Gubernick, once as an actual interview and once played a recording from an event he spoke at of ours. He's going to be he's gonna be the main focus of today, but it's, it's not going to be an interview. Brian recently, I want to say in the last six months, launched his own podcast called No Days Off the No Days Off podcast. And they're really short, talking like five, six, seven minutes on the long side. And it's five days a week. And so what I thought I would do is just take two of my favorite episodes and play them for you because they're so short. So our episodes are usually 30 minutes, sometimes even longer. So this week's going to be a little bit shorter than normal, but I'm going to give you kind of two, two episodes from the No Days Off podcast in hopes that maybe if you like it, you'll go follow them too. Because if you know anything about me, you know this whole thing is about sharing. It's about learning from others. And I always want to, when I see someone doing something cool, I want to highlight it if possible. And Brian's podcast has quickly become one of my favorites and one of Fred's favorites. And so I thought, what better way to share it than to literally run it here on our uh, guest. And if you like it, just go search the No Days Out podcast with Brian Gubernick on any podcast platform and subscribe there. So without further ado, I guess actually more ado, I got more ado for you, Brian it's going to be one of our speakers at Next Level Agents Live, December 5th and 6th here in Scottsdale. So if you like what Brian has to say, if you like his messages at all, check us out, nlalive.com, nlalive.com. We are going to be putting on an amazing two-day event. We're going to have some keynote speakers. We're going to have a few breakout sessions. It's going to be two days of like back-to-back, just tons of knowledge. And Brian's going to be one of our special featured guests. So again, nlalive.com for your tickets and all the details there. And I hope you enjoy today's episode or episodes, if you will, of the No Days Off podcast being brought to you on the Next Level Agents podcast. See you soon. The No Days Off podcast is part of the Win Make Give podcast network. What's going on? Thank you for joining me today. It's Brian Gubernick and welcome to the No Days Off podcast where we believe that each day represents a new opportunity to get better, better at business, better at health, better at life. So let's get into it. Today I want to talk about doing hard things, doing hard things. Now, why do I go there? Uh, Recently, I recorded a, a podcast that I, I hope many of you listen to, and if you haven't, please go back to it, uh, about morning ritual. And I had shared that we should all aim or strive to create some sort of morning ritual or morning routine to create more energy uh, and, and more momentum as we go into our day. 
Well, in uh, the sharing of my ritual, I had mentioned the cold plunge. Now, don't turn me off right now. I'm, this is not a sales pitch for why you should be dunking yourself into ice water. Uh, while I do think it is incredibly valuable and there is lots of health benefits to it, this is not the commercial for it, right? I know, I know there's so many out there that are running these commercials. That's not going to be me for, uh, for you today. However, I do want to talk about the why behind uh, my motivation to actually do it. See, I find that while there's health benefits, the greatest benefit, the single greatest benefit I get to doing that plunge every morning is that it's freaking hard and I have to accomplish something. And I feel like battling that challenging activity, making my way through it, committing to it, even though I so desperately don't want to do it. And by the way, I really don't want to do it any day. Like there's no day I wake up and I'm like, I can't wait to get in the cold. Uh, it stinks. Every time I stand over that, that tub and think I'm about to get into 39 degrees, it's hard. But every single time I have to will myself to do it. And about a minute or two minutes into the process, I am so grateful that I did. And when I get out, I have a massive sense of accomplishment because I achieved something and that's going to lead to achievement throughout the day. So where am I going with this? Uh, I want to challenge everybody. I want to know what you're doing first thing in the morning when you're starting your day. What are you doing that's hard? What are you having to overcome? What obstacle are you having to, to overcome or what barrier must you break through? It should be hard. We should have hard things to do. And when you do it, when you win, how do you feel? What kind of momentum does that build uh, throughout your day? Right? So the, the, the activity, the action for you is to think about your morning. Think about the start of your day and ask yourself, am I conquering? Am I winning? Am I overcoming some sort of mental obstacle or whatever it may be first thing? And if I am, how do I feel when I finish that, when I complete that, when I win? My guess is pretty darn good. And if you're not doing anything like that, what could you be doing? Now, for me, I mentioned it's the ice plunge. It's the cold plunge. Maybe for others, it's as simple as not hitting snooze. Just winning that battle. Maybe for many of us, it's winning the making of the bed, which is, you know, which is a great, great uh, speech given by a general. I believe his name was McCraven. And a book was made about it, about making the bed. Why did he talk about making the bed? Well, because it was a big accomplishment first thing in the morning for a Navy SEAL. He had to do it with perfection. And once he was able to do that, it was a first win of many throughout his day. But what are you doing? Again, I mentioned maybe it's the alarm. Maybe it's the bed. Maybe it's getting up and working out for 20 minutes. Maybe it's reading five pages. Maybe it's meditating for 10 minutes. These are all things that take time. They're hard to accomplish. But when you accomplish them, it creates momentum throughout the day. The focusing question, what are the hard things that you're doing that are jumpstarting your day? How effective are they and how could you improve? Or if you're not doing anything at all, what could you start doing tomorrow that you, that you dive into that's hard, that you can win, that you can beat and feel charged up as a result? That's all we have for today. No Days Off podcast. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, every single day, brings a new opportunity to get better. So let's get after it. Thank you.
Days Off Podcast is part of the Win Make Give Podcast Network. Thank you for joining me today. It's Brian Gubernick, and welcome to the No Days Off Podcast, where we believe that every single day brings a new opportunity to get better. Today, we're going to get better at wealth. We're going to talk around real estate investments. Specifically, the subject is going to be how to increase your revenue in your rental properties, specifically your single family detached rental properties. Now, for many of you listening, you own rental properties. This subject is very applicable. For many of you though listening, you may not own any rental properties yet, okay? So I say yet because you probably will own some more uh, or own your first or own some more. And I'll tell you, maximizing revenue out of your rental properties is probably one of the most important things to do as a real estate investor, especially one that wants to be a successful real estate investor. Now, when we think about successful real estate investment, what I'm primarily looking at is not the appreciation of the, of the property. I'm looking at the cash flow generated by the property, the passive income generated by the property. And so in order to create passive income, what do you have to have? You have to have revenue and you have to have expenses that are that are deducted from that revenue. There are two ways to create more income, increase your revenue or decrease your expenses, or I should say three ways, a combination of increasing your revenue and decreasing your expenses. Today, we're going to focus on increasing our rental property income, our rental property revenue. Okay. So in no exact order, here are some things that I've done over the years to create more revenue from my rental properties. Number one, Add storage, adding storage. Now, what do I mean? Years back, uh, I went to uh, the city of Tucson where where I had bought a number of rental properties and had decided, you know what? I'm going to go buy a, a storage shed from Home Depot and drop it in the back of one of my rental properties so that I could store a few things in Tucson. I live in Phoenix. Tucson's a couple hours south. I'm like, you know what? I need a storage shed. I need somewhere to store some things uh, since I'm not living here. Let's go drop it in the, back, in the backyard of one of my rental properties. I had, you know, uh, uh, yard equipment and things of that nature, just things I wanted to keep down there for easy access. So I drop a storage shed in the back of a property. And a few weeks into that storage shed being there, the tenant calls and says, hey, we need some storage. We were about to go rent a storage unit and we're going to pay an, an awful lot of money to do that. What do you think about just renting us that storage shed? And it was a light bulb moment for me because I said, of course. And I rented it for, I think, an additional 30 or $50 per month in that particular situation and realized in one year's time, I would have paid off or I'd accumulate enough new revenue that I would have paid off that storage shed that cost me 300, 400, 500 bucks. I would have paid it off in full. And everything after that was then gravy. So what did I do? I went and bought a number of storage sheds and dropped them in the backyards of all of my properties. And I said to new tenants or current tenants, Hey, I know you might need more storage. There's probably not room in the garage. There's a storage shed in the back. It's brand new. If you want to add that to your lease, 
it's an additional $25 to $50, depending on the size. I'll tell you what, 100% of those storage sheds are used. Why? Because people are hoarders. And it's a hell of a lot cheaper to and easily easier to access to have that storage in your backyard than it is to go to a storage facility. Those things are pretty costly. So one way to add revenue, add storage. Invest in storage like sheds and pass that co cost on to the tenant. Over the course of time, that'll become free cash uh, and 100% and paid for storage shed. Next, in some multifamily properties that I have, smaller multiplex, I always look to add or increase parking. When you add or increase parking, you have the opportunity to charge for additional parking spots. So in the complexes I have, I'll give you an example. Uh, my Metrics Masterminds group and I, we just uh, acquired a 12-unit property together. At that property, there are nine parking spots. However, when I measure out those parking spots, I think we can get another two or three spots in that parking lot because the other ones are so wide. In doing so, we will have three additional spots that we can charge for and make them reserve parking, do the same with the other nine where they're presently not being charged. But now that we're the owners, we will in fact charge. And in doing so, call it $25 a month. You can see 12 unit, I'm sorry, 12 parking spots. It's another $300 a month, another $3,600 a year just in creating more parking. Another thing to do, a little different than what I just talked about in terms of adding, uh, adding new services or adding storage, minimizing your turnover. Now, this one sounds kind of obvious, but maybe not as obvious as it needs to be, right? Like reducing vacancy is the number one way to increase revenue. So if you've got somebody who is, you know, debating with you over a rent increase, or maybe it would just cost you $25 of it, like a reduction to keep them there or get them into the property. I'm not saying just always bend over, but I'm telling you, eliminating an additional month of vacancy is a great way to increase the revenue of your property. Again, I don't want you to give in and it, and it impacts you down the road, but an example of this, in this past year, it's, there's been a good amount of turmoil in the rental market. And so what I've advised my team to do is keep all of our rental rates flat. Now, most of my peers are increasing. Many of you listening probably increased. But I'll tell you what, as a result of me being flat and everybody else increasing, I was able to say to my tenants, guess what? No rent increases this year, but you got to commit to a renewal of your lease right now. So we went to many of our tenants that still had months left on their rental contracts and said, listen, we won't adjust the price, but you've got to commit for another 12 months right now. Again, what did that do? It eliminated vacancy. In addition, another thing you can be doing, kind of a little different or the opposite of what I was just describing, when you think about rent increases, clearly rent increases are a way to increase revenue. One thing I've noticed though, so many people do not actually build in the rent increases into the contract from the start. So say you've got a tenant that's signed in a 12-month lease. You can say in that lease, upon renewal, or if you opt to renew, there's an automatic 3% rent increase. And we're just structuring it right at the start as opposed to having the conversation down the road. Now, is it possible rents should be greater than 3%? Sure. Is it also possible that 
There shouldn't be any increase at all based on the market. Yeah, that's possible too. So I like the stability that comes with, hey, if you renew this lease, there's an automatic 3% increase. And by the way, that's somewhat the standard. People expect slight rent bumps. Next thing, an idea for you, something that we're presently evaluating and, and, and just started doing. We're eliminating the deposits, the first month deposit. Now, you'd think, okay, Brian, doesn't that reduce revenue? Like what if you get stuck with expenses? Well, here's what we're doing. We're actually saying in lieu of giving us a full first month deposit, why don't you just pay an extra $100 or $150 per month and we'll more or less put that towards what would be considered a deposit. In other words, don't give us the money up front. We're just going to charge you an extra $150 every month. Now, that $150 in this example goes on indefinitely. So typically, a security deposit is what? One month's rent. So let's just say it's a, a $2,000 property, which means you'd want a $2,000 security deposit. Well, we're starting to eliminate our security deposit and saying, you know what? Instead of that, how about you just give us $200 a month in, a, uh, in addition to the $2,000? So your payment's now $2,200, but there's no cash outlay. There's no dollars tied up. You just got to pay a premium. And you're going to do that the length of this lease. So even if they go just 12 months in that scenario, $200 times 12 is $2,400. The deposit was going to be $2,000. Most of the time, you're giving back a portion of that security deposit. In this scenario, though, we're keeping 100% of the funds. So again, it's just a trade-off. We're, we're taking the risk on the front end of saying no deposit. So we have some risk there, but we're also charging a premium because we're eliminating their need for a cash outlay. The very last thing that I'm going to mention today, there's some others, but there's one more I'm going to give you. And that is uh, simply upgrading the property. It goes without saying that if your property is nicer or you have more amenities or you upgrade it a bit, you could charge a bit more. One thing that we, we've done in a lot of our properties, especially multifamily, is we've added either added laundry or added better uh, uh, I'm sorry, uh, uh, laundry services and refrigerator and washer, I'm sorry, a dishwasher. So improving, improving these things allows us to market and charge a few more dollars in a multifamily I'm working on right now. We are adding laundry to every unit. Whereas they didn't have laundry services before they had shared laundry. Now we're putting stackables in there that do both washing and drying and barely take up space. Now, I'm having to wire for it. I'm having to create, you know, water connection for it. Yes, there's cash outlay, but the amount of dollars we're charging above what was rent before is significant enough to offset those costs over time. So just adding or upgrading the property, things like, you know, fixing or, or, or adding a newer fridge or adding a newer dishwasher. These things, you can increase rent because they look beautiful. And of course they work even better than what you had. And, and it pays for itself in six months to 12 months time. So on that note, we're going to wrap up, not really a focusing question, just wanted to give you some tactics, some strategies to increase the revenue of your rental properties. Hopefully one or two of these made a big difference in your world. Let me know which ones you used. Uh, I'm sure we've created a few more dollars today. That's all we have for today, the No Days Off podcast. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, every single day brings a new opportunity to get better. So let's get after it.
Thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. If you're looking for even more valuable content and resources to help you grow your business, then we invite you to join our community, Next Level Agents at eXp Realty. By joining us, you'll gain access to exclusive benefits like live trainings, events, masterminds, weekly Zooms, digital downloads, and so much more, all designed to help you grow your business. To learn more and become a part of our community, simply visit kevinandfred.com forward slash contact and get in touch with us today. Of course, if you're not quite ready to take the plunge and join our community, that's no problem at all. You can still access all of our great content for free right here on this podcast. And again, we thank you for listening. We look forward to continuing to bring you valuable insights and more advice in the future.